0: All right, welcome back to the Verizon Wireless Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire. Mike Macknick, John Leahy with you. Our score at the end of the first period of play, Merrimack leads Notre Dame 2-1 in the first game of the NCAA tournament for the Warriors in 23 years, and joining us for this first intermission, uh, one of my favorite sports writers, Steve Buckley from the Boston Herald. And, uh, well, First of all, uh, Steve, you had uh, the first period here, again, the first game that Merrimack's played in a tournament at this level, arguably the most important game that they've played, if not in their history, at least in 23 years, and uh, not... Not a bad showing for the first 20 minutes of play.
1: No, not bad at all. I mean, they could have had a couple of goals early in that power play, a uh, couple of shots in the point uh, that were hard and on target. And uh, if there were any jitters, Merrimack, you know, obviously Mer- Merrimack's been waiting for this game for a thousand years. And if there were any jitters, they weren't in evidence. And uh, good for Merrimack that they got this New Hampshire pairing uh, because it, it, it gives Merrimack students a chance to go to a game that's basically a stone's throw from the campus.
0: Yeah, you had an article this week, and you've written a couple uh, nice articles about Merrimack recently. Uh, talk about Chris Barton and the, the story and, and his situation. I mean, obviously, we know that he wanted to play last week, and he wasn't able to. Uh, I was almost touch and go this week. I think whether he was going to go tonight, but he is out there tonight. You know, that's my kind of story because
1: it's uh, it, it's the underdog. It's the, it's the kid that might not play, and uh, you know, if your listeners who don't know the whole story, obviously they do if they're listening, but. I mean, here's a guy who's been here four years. He's a two-year captain. Uh, his dream is to is, is to be one of the catalysts that takes this team to the NCAA tournament. And here they were at the Garden last week on the cusp of finally getting there. And. Uh, um, what a tragedy would be if, if this season were to end and the closest he ever came to skating on the Garden Ice was the, was the skate-around before the Hockey East Tournament at the Garden. And uh, what bitter irony that you, you go four years hoping to play in the Garden and it's actually on the Garden Ice you have to tell your coach that the hip is not cooperating and you have to miss the game. And uh, I went up there during the week, I, I had to sit down with him and... Uh, I think while nobody said anything at that moment, it was it was made evident to
0: most of us that he would be playing tonight. Good for him. Yeah, I, I, it sounded like he might have just had a chance to get back in the lineup yesterday or, or practicing, skating yesterday, and things went well. Obviously, he took a turn on the power play as well, which was his regular spot, and and taking a turn on on the wing uh, has been his spot. And, and you're right. I mean, it's a situation where I mean anybody could get hurt. I guess at this time of year, or any time of year, you have the kid who's, who's your captain and who, along with Adam Ross, has led this resurgence of this of this program. It almost seems like it would be a shame if, if a guy like that doesn't get a chance to play. I'm a, I felt like if, if tonight's game, if he was almost even 50-50, you got to give him a chance to play. Well, think about it. Look at the other side of the coin. Uh, the Merrimack comes out to this ice tonight
1: in Manchester, New Hampshire, again, a stone throw from North Andover, and he can't play. He's sitting with us, and he's in street clothes. He's in jeans and a sweatshirt, whatever they wear before a game. And he's looking down at that ice. And all those guys he's played with Rick for Rick's number of years, they're finally in the NCAA tournament at the Division I school, and he is a ticket holder. That would have been the tragedy. And uh, good for him that he's out there because it's a, uh, like I said, uh, I knew when I drove up to North Andover the other day before I left the house, I'm doing a story on this guy. That, that to me, was the story of the week.
0: What are your thoughts overall on the situation? I mean, I know that it's the, they're the almost the the uh, the media darlings, if you want to call it this year, because of what's happened. But uh, you know, to have a program that that has. Gone from the depths, as it were, to where they are now, is is almost unheard of, especially as quickly as they've done it, and in such a small school, and they've done it in the shadow of programs like BU and BC and Hockey East, and and uh, and it, I think it has to give some hope to I, I guess to some of the other schools in their situation.
1: Well, you know, I, I'll answer your question by telling you a little story because it's what I do best, but. Uh, uh, when you talk about them being media darlings, a funny story is my sports editor Hank Herner, which, uh a while back said, "Hey, Merrimack's playing pretty good hockey. Why don't you take a couple of days to do a story on them?" So I looked at the schedule. And he's got me out for two days to write a story. Usually when you get two days, it's like a it's like a big blowout. If you got fifteen hundred words. So I go up there, I do this big fifteen hundred word story, and he says, "What are you doing? You sent him this is a feature. I haven't got space for this." So it turns out it was just supposed to be a column that would run on Friday. So he gave me a choice. Either it runs as a column on Friday or a blowout on Sunday. The problem is they're going to play the home-and-home against UNH. So the story's going to run after the Friday and Saturday games against UNH, and it's going to be a big blowout feature in Sunday's paper. If they get swept by UNH, I look like an idiot. If they sweep UNH, I look like a genius. And look at me right now. So, so, So you talk about media, darling. These guys are my darlings
0: because they made me look good. Good for them. Let me ask you this: uh, You know, when you when you look at their situation and the situations of other programs, because obviously, you know, uh, you cover all sports. And, and, and is there something else that you can compare it to, either regionally or even nationally? Well, I mean, you hear stories about the uh, like like the,
1: the high school hockey tournament in Minnesota and the high school basketball tournament in Indiana. I, I think that uh, the, that both the hockey tournament and the NCAA tournament hockey. Are, are niche sports. They, they're not going to get the coverage around here that the Bruins Celtics, express like the Patriots get. I can tell you from an aesthetic point of view that for the last 10-12 years, every March, I set up my spring training schedule. So I go to spring training and I make it back in time. I do the hockey tournament every year. And there's always a couple of games, either Albany, Manchester, or Worcester that I end up going to. I saw Harvard playing Albany a few years back. I was in Worcester last year. I'm in Manchester tonight. Uh, it's a it's a great two weeks for me because I don't cover college hockey, I, I, other than the Beanpot, the hockey's tournament, and, and a couple of regional games in the NCAA. I went to St. Louis and BC a few years ago in the final in the Frozen Four,
0: and uh, to me it's a bust of holiday because it's just fun to cover. Do you find that that the, the schools like this? I mean I know Bentley basketball, obviously, you know their their program has had a lot of success in, in, in the Division two tournament and and. and I mean, small school like I'm an an alum. I graduated from Merrimack back about 20 years ago, and 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 so you know it's been a long time coming, obviously, for for a lot of us. But it's almost as if the small school atmosphere kind of brings people, when something like this happens, brings people together. Uh, if you don't root for... And again,
1: we're, we're, we, we cover the Beanputt schools in Boston, uh, what we call the Green Line schools. But even if you are a fan of BUBC, Harvard, and Northeastern, if you are from greater Boston, if you are from inside 495, if you are from anywhere in New England, obviously outside of UNH, if you are not rooting for Merrimack right now, there's something wrong with you because the pandemic and the mindset sports fan... There's a reason why sports fans all around the country rooted for the 69 Mets and the 67 Red Sox and the Minnesota North Stars in 91 when they took the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Stanley Cup Finals. We love rooting for the underdog, and I don't know, and technically I mean, they're not the underdog, but they're the little train that could. 2,500 students up there in Andover the end are all rooting for them.
0: I was talking with Steve Buckley, Boston Herald. Uh, the score here at the end of the first period is 2-1, Merrimack leading Notre Dame. And uh, did this matchup? I mean, not only getting sent to Manchester, but the fact that although they're playing a storied, uh, you know, a school, at least in Notre Dame that's trying to get there to that next level, and they were in the national championship game a few years ago. At the same time, it's a relatively young Notre Dame team, and Merrimack, even though they haven't been in the tournament before, a very experienced, veteran team with a lot of guys that. Mark Denny, he has recruited that, have won championships at, a, at other levels, maybe not a bad way to start things off.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that driving up here, a little intimidated by you. Because the one, I, I had that, that's funny you should ask that, that was the question I, I posed to myself. merrimack got these guys, have been around the block a few times, in terms of uh, how long they've played Palatracchi. But the opposition has that MD on their chest, I and mean, Notre Dame is, is, is a very well-known school. Merrimack is not a very well-known school. So I was wondering, and it's a question that we might be best asked the players when the game is over, who is more intimidated by you? Who is it more in awe of you? Who is more respectful of you? And uh, I can tell you, goalie's not respectful of Notre, Dame, of, uh, of, of Notre Dame, because you come up like Larson did, you slap you slap them, the guy's pads,
0: he's going to give it right back to you. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way hockey is, right? Exactly. All right, Steve, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, appreciate the, the great work that you do, folks. Uh, if the, I know we got a lot of folks from outside the area listening. You can check out his work at bostonherald.com or in the area. Pick up a copy of the Boston Herald tomorrow. Steve, thanks as always. Thank Steve, you very much. You Steve Buckley's been our guest here for the first intermission. The score is Merrimack 2 and Notre Dame 1.